3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
4: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, all the ships at sea. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy, how are you doing? Things are good?
5: Things are good, John. It's super windy outside.
4: You had a little problem there, didn't you?
5: I I pulled into the uh, parking lot at 7 Parkway Center today, Mm. which Mm. I do. You know on a daily on basis week, weekdays Monday through Friday uh-huh. and uh I open now this is a this is apparently you know one if the one of if not the <laughs> highest spot in Allegheny County we've been told that we have been told that remember
4: the guy who used to fly the kites
5: yeah, the right. massive kites yes,
4: I mean as big as this room
5: uh-huh
4: because it's super high and super windy up here.
5: So I open my door, driver's oh. side door, mm-hmm. just so I can, you know, exit the car and walk into the building. As
4: you're to do.
5: And the wind just, it was like I had put up a kite. Mm. The wind grabs my car door and flings it open with such incredible mm. force and throws it into the car next to me.
4: That Porsche. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
5: Forced, you know, it's one of those moments, though, you can't imagine why one car is not injured and the other is. Oh,
4: I... Say no more. I had a great story about that. I mean, I
5: don't know what the deal is. Anyway, yeah. my car is dented. The no. other car is fine. Nothing. Nothing. It's a higher
4: quality Not, car. I guess so.
5: Right. I don't know what it is. And I'm glad for it, I guess, because anyway, it hurt my hand. Like mm. it just ripped the door. So mm-hmm. now I've got this dent in the door of my car, which is annoying. I mean, it had it did just recently turn over to hundred thousand miles, uh, so it's not a, like it's a new car fair game, or anything. It's right? twenty thirteen. I but mean, don't you reach geez. a point
4: where you kind of go, "It's okay."
5: Yeah, I do. Right? Reach I think you kind of have to. I mean, you know,
4: remember like when you first get your car, I no mean, matter if it's you know new, used, or I new I know you're like so concerned about. I know. Then at some point you just go, "Eh, it's okay." Yeah, I guess it's that's fine. What it, so is. it is. Hey, uh, uh, today is a. Uh, Shrove Tuesday. Right, or Fat uh, Tuesday as they call it. Pancake Tuesday. I didn't it I've house. never
5: heard it called Pancake Tuesday. Is really? that an individual thing? You decided? No, no
4: that's a thing. <laughs> it's not me. I didn't make that up. No, it's the same thing as Fat Tuesday or Sweet Tuesday. Hmm. People are gorging, right? Themselves now yes. in anticipation of the Lent which is upon us. Mm-hmm. It's confession as well. So we're going to we're going to confess our uh, our sins and uh, engage in gluttony. It's,
5: just, a, the,
4: it's a trade-off it's weird it's not weird no it's super it's weird. Not weird fat
5: tuesday is super weird
4: no i don't think it is okay i think it just goes back to a, a, a different time in, in our lives now i think every day is fat tuesday for a lot of people right we just yeah. indulge 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 i mean i'll raise my hand on that i'm not indicting no, anybody else
5: right. why here's why well, we can talk about as the show unfolds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get into this, uh, into the weeds, <laughs> let's take a look at the news today because that's always uh, real simple to do. Yeah, it is. It? it is. So without further ado, Kath, the news stories of the day, please give us the top four at four.
5: It's Tuesday, the 21st of February, people. Did mm-hmm. you know that? 21. hmm Okay. 2023. Number one. President Biden hailed Ukraine's continued resilience against Russian aggression as a triumph of democracy over autocracy and also reiterated Western allies' commitment to supporting Kyiv in his major speech delivered today in Poland ahead of the one-year mark of Russia's invasion. Uh, In Warsaw, the president framed the ongoing conflict as a test of the ability of the world's democracies to counter the rise of autocratic strongmen. I guess we're in the middle of seeing uh, if that is going to work or not.
4: uh, dangerous times.
5: The president railed against Russian President Vladimir Putin, who said he was solely responsible, who, he said, was solely responsible for the continued fighting in Ukraine. Quote, this is what the president said. President Putin is confronted with something today that he didn't think was possible a year ago. The democracies of the world have grown stronger, not weaker, but the autocrats in the world have grown weaker, not stronger. This war was never a necessity. It's a tragedy. President Putin shows it. Every day this war continues is his choice. It's from CBS News. I don't know how you can argue with that. I don't think you can. Number two. Federal environmental regulators today took charge of the cleanup from the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment and chemical burn and ordered Norfolk Southern to foot the bill. The EPA told Norfolk Southern to take all available measures to clean up contaminated air and water and also said the company would be required to reimburse the feds for a new program to provide cleaning services for all those impacted and if Norfolk Southern fails to comply with its order the agency will perform the work itself and seek triple damages mm-hmm. from the country this is like the from love the country canal. not from the country from company. the company
4: remember the love canal That's yeah kind of the sure same thing. it is
5: kind of the same thing
4: those poor people those I know poor people
5: I know when we were in Nashville this week yep. uh, we showed up at the Airbnb we were renting and the woman said you're from Pittsburgh oh my gosh how are things up there uh-huh and We're we didn't know what she was by, talking right, sure, about. Sure. But, yeah. She was very concerned it's about It's close
4: it. by, right? 40 miles.
5: Number three, the Mormon church today mm. agreed to pay $5 million to settle charges involving disclosure failures and misstated regulatory filings. According to, where am I reading from, ABC News, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its investment management company failed for 20 years.
4: Failed Failed They failed.
5: They failed for 20 years to file forms that would have disclosed the church's equity investments, and instead, filed forms for shell companies that obscured the church's portfolio, according to the SEC. They agreed to pay for uh, the company who runs the investments, Ensign Peak Advisors, agreed to pay four million. The church will pay one.
4: And the investments totaled how much?
5: Uh, Thirty-two billion dollars.
4: So they had shell companies. Hiding $32 billion. And they got fined $5 million?
5: So, first of all, it's the first time I'm going to, like, listen to an SEC ruling and say, well, that doesn't seem enough. <laughs> but good grief.
4: What are you doing? What are you doing?
5: I- I'm speechless about I mean, that story.
4: So the church is actively hiding...
5: $32 billion of assets.
6: <sighs>
5: I don't get it. Number four. Consumers are willing to pay monthly subscription fees, John, for streaming services, for pet food, even toilet paper on Amazon if you want, or Walmart. And now some restaurants are betting they'll do the same for their favorite meals. Large chains like Panera and P.F. Chang's, as well as neighborhood hangouts, are increasingly experimenting with the subscription model as a way to ensure steady revenue and customer visits. Some offer unlimited drinks, free delivery maybe for a monthly fee. Mm. Others will bring out your favorite appetizer every time you visit. How about that? They say they say they're following a trend because the average American juggled 6.7 subscriptions in 2022 up from 4.2 in 2019 and that is your top 4 at 4.
4: Mm-hmm. Would you be inclined to use that service?
5: Uh I don't think I would. No, I don't think so either. Okay, it, so you listen. You float around a lot. Okay, so PF Chang's for 6.99 a month. Yeah. You can get free delivery. Among other perks. So if you are, again, it only makes sense if you're a frequent diner sure. there. Um, now, it depends on what kind of restaurant you're talking about, because El, this, this article is from the AP. Uh, El Lopo, which is a San Francisco bar, has 26 members in what they're calling their Take Care of Me Club. They pay $89 a month. What? Okay. For $100 in dining credits. Okay. So they give $89 a month, but they get $100 worth of food. And when they walk in the door, El Lopo starts bringing out their favorite dishes.
4: Hmm. Everybody knows your name.
5: Each visit, they can gift a free drink to anyone in the bar. Would you do that?
4: No. You wouldn't do that.
6: Lex, would you do that? It depends. On what? It depends on... That if I ate there enough, enough. yeah,
4: that's it. You, that would
6: be totally worth it. Do you but. do
4: takeout? I mean, I I never like have someone deliver my food.
6: Only if I'm feeling real like sluggish, uh-huh. I <laughs> right, I, <laughs> I do it. use DoorDash. I, I will say I've that never
4: once use Grubhub or DoorDash or anything.
6: It's so convenient. But does the food arrive tepid or hot? Yeah, it does. It's usually pretty quick. Um, I do pay for the Dash Pass, which. It cuts out a lot of the fees. So you make your money back if you order once a month, Okay, which seems so to be the case. So maybe that's
4: it, right? This is part of the enticement. It's
6: the
5: same the enticement. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. listen to this. St. Louis-based Panera had nearly 40 million members in its loyalty program in 2020, mm-hmm. but wanted to convince them to come more often. So it launched a subscription program that offered unlimited coffee and tea for $9 a month, and customers started coming in several times a week, and about a third of the time, they bought food. Okay.
4: Well, you can't fault them for trying, right? Because the subscription thing obviously works for any number of products and services. So why not at your favorite watering hole or restaurant? Okay. Take a quick break. Come back. Teen and young adult anxiety.
7: We'll
2: talk about that.
8: 101.5 WORD. You're listening now. So
2: we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you.
8: I'm your number one fan.
2: That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies.
0: I'd like to win one of these
2: contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans.
8: This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or are taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting termprovider.com. That's termprovider.com. Or simply call termprovider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call termprovider at 800-333-1750. That's 800-333-1750. On the podcast, The Last Soviet, Lance Bass from NSYNC shares his own experiences of astronaut training in Russia. Yes, that's true. And tells the story of the final cosmonaut, a man trapped in space while his nation crumbled to the ground.
2: His name is Sergei Krikalev. He's a Soviet cosmonaut, and he's manning the world's only space station. The pride and joy of the USSR.
0: USSR.
8: Listen to The Last Soviet wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. It's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in, the new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to the people you trust, Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly, honest, always unfiltered, streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. MTS stands for
2: Master of Theological
0: Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to
1: just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. Uh, We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling,
2: Biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal
1: or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely online at rpts.edu. RPTS, study under pastors.
5: I have two daughters who are uh, 21 and 24,
4: Two sons, I, 22 and
7: 25.
5: And so um, we're kind of attuned to the issues uh, related to kids of that age. And I was reading an article yesterday, John, in the Washington Post, and it said this. It said teen girls across the U.S. are engulfed engulfed in a growing wave of violence and trauma. That's according to federal researchers who released data yesterday showing increases in rape and sexual violence, as well as record levels of feeling sad or hopeless. Mm. Nearly one in three high school girls reported last year that they seriously considered suicide. One in three girls? One in three. That's up nearly, are you ready for this? 60% from a decade ago. That's according to new findings from the CDC. Almost 15% of teen girls said they were forced to have sex, an increase of 27% over two years, and the first increase since the CDC began tracking it. I mean, and that's just the beginning of the article. It goes on and on, but it just made me think, what – there is – our kids today in America are in the grip of anxiety mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. And if we care about them, we have to find a way to get to the root of what it is mm-hmm. and help them to deal with it. Joni Debrito's is with us. Focus on the family counselor, contributor and former director of parenting. Joni, we're so glad you're with us. Welcome to the show.
9: Thank you so much for having me.
5: This is a shocking amount of information that I just laid out. And again, that was just from the first two paragraphs of the yesterday's Washington Post article.
9: How do you react to that? Well, it's such a sad situation. And I will also add the statistic that suicide is the second leading cause of death for people 10 to 34 at this point. Wait, so wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So whoa, whoa,
5: Go! wait, Joni, hold on for just a sec. You said it's the
4: second leading cause for people 10 to 37 years of age.
9: 10 to 34. Some some of the uh, statistics say 10 to 24, but it certainly includes that group that you were talking about.
4: Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Okay, so Joni, I mean we know that of course you know social media we can say a lot about mm-hmm. that, the pandemic we can say an awful lot about that, just the climate of chaos we've been living in uh right. you with focus on the family and your work for all these many years, decades as a counselor uh, right is this that is that that word unprecedented that we're seeing?
9: It is unprecedented, and also the Information that you were giving previously about what teenage girls are dealing with is something that they not only deal with physically but also virtually. So, that whole virtual world that's there on their social media accounts and so forth exposes them to even more of that trauma and really encourages them to feel a lot of depression and anxiety and hopelessness and so forth. And then you mentioned the ages of your young adult children. And what happens there is that as they get out of those teenage years and get into the years where they're supposed to be more independent and making lots of those really important life decisions, such as, am I going to work? Am I going to get married? Am I going to do both, etc.? They feel anxiety about that. And then there are all the things that have happened in our culture to uh, disrupt those decisions in their lives, the COVID and things shutting down and people losing jobs, etc. So they really have been in a world of uh, difficult choices and also many things that are realistically very anxiety-producing.
4: Now, let me add another layer on this, uh, Joni. So uh, I'm watching a streaming service, uh, Hulu, and they, they break for these commercial interruptions. And there's a, there's an organization, uh, it's called Him or Her, and they are actively peddling, uh, antidepressants and, um, erectile dysfunction drugs to young adults. I mean, that's just another layer on top of things where kids are being targeted at an early age. And apparently, you know, you can go and uh, go online, connect with a therapist, and be uh, given uh, prescription drugs pretty quickly.
9: Well, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because certainly there are psychoactive medications that can be life saving for some people, but they can also be very destructive to some people. You can take two sisters let's say from a family and maybe they're both struggling with depression anxiety etc they could both be given the same medication and it could be life-giving for one Mm. and it could be very dangerous for someone else so those psychoactive medications absolutely have to be prescribed by psychiatrists or psychiatric nurse practitioners or physician's assistants who really understand them and have learned about each individual person, it certainly isn't something that you should be getting over the Internet. It really requires the care of a qualified medical professional to be prescribing and also following the progress, the lack thereof, uh, for a person who's on any sort of a psychoactive medication.
5: Joni DeBrito is with us, focus on the family counselor, contributor and former director of parenting. Joni, we've got a funky uh, phone connection with you. So you're dropping out a little bit. So I think we're going to cut our, your interview short just a little. But I do want to j- just ask your advice um, for people out there who are listening to this and they think, yeah, that's my I, kid. Yeah, that's my kid. Uh, what do I do? How, how do I step in? Do you have some words of advice
9: for moms and dads? Absolutely. The best thing that you can do is talk about what you've observed. Don't say, I think you're depressed or anxious, but say, I've noticed this about you, and it seems to me as if you're struggling. I would like to help you. And so one of the things you can do is help them get hooked up with some good mental health care and and encourage that. And if they're afraid to go, you can offer to go with them, or to encourage, you know, someone else in their life who's supportive to go with them. And the other thing I do want to let you know about is that Focus on the Family has a full uh, uh, group of people who are licensed counselors that are available to talk with parents, and also for kids to call if they need to. And they're available at 855. 855- and that's from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if anyone calls that number, they'll be able to request a call back from the counselor, and then they can start that conversation, and the counselor should be able to help the parent or the, the teen or the young adult to get hooked up with some good counseling and mental health care in their community.
5: Joni, give us that number, 855-771-4357, which spells
9: out the word help.
5: Okay. 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can request a call back from a counselor. Focus Joan, on the family.
4: Thanks for being with us, Joni. Like like Cass said, our connection's a little bit funky, but we really appreciate you joining us. Come back and let's do this again at some future, near future date. Uh, we'd like to go deeper into mm-hmm. this conversation if at all possible. Uh, that number again, 855 771 4357 for Focus on the Family Counselors available. Thank you so much for that, that great resource.
5: is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
4: Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now as a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought my pillow couldn't get any better, my pillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. And her promo code word or call 800-391-0954
2: to get your my pillow 2.0s now. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset with no interest and no payment financing for 12 months. Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GA Solar integrated roofing installers in the USA. Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412 744 8390 or visit Bachman's Roofing.com. From the creators of I Can Only
0: Imagine comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper,
10: if you look with love,
1: you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things just in all the wrong
0: places. Based on a true revolution. You're going to need a bigger church. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. See it early February 22nd. In theaters everywhere beginning February 24th. Go to JesusRevolution.movie. Roofing, siding, or remodeling. What
8: is Doug Doing it right.
1: 724 New Roof.
8: 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. You know that feeling?
11: Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools, Suddenly, everything just clicks. FindSomethingNew.org offers resources that help develop new skills. Skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Find your path to a new career at FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council.
12: Mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 29. Rain at times tomorrow, high 56. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, breezy and mild. Couple of showers, low 52. Temperatures rising through the 50s overnight. Couple of showers Thursday morning, otherwise mostly cloudy. Increasingly windy with temperatures breaking the record from 1922. We'll see a high Thursday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
4: I saw a sad and unusual story today at the uh, BBC website. Uh, Now, this man has passed away, but uh, the story says this, that a man in North Carolina who was in his 50s was presumably afflicted with foreign accent syndrome, FAS, the British Medical Journal reports. The rare syndrome gave the man who had no immediate family from Ireland a brogue, that remained until his death. Several similar cases have been recorded globally in recent years. The case was jointly studied and reported by Duke University in North Carolina and the Carolina Urological Research Center in South Carolina. Quote, to our knowledge, to our knowledge, this is the first case of FAS described in a patient with prostate cancer and the third described in a patient with malignancy, said the report's authors. Much of the man's identifying characteristics, including his name and nationality, were not included. And it says he lived in England in his early 20s. And he had friends and distant family members from Ireland. But, they add, he had never previously spoken with a foreign accent. His accent was uncontrollably present in all settings and gradually became persistent, the research say in the report, adding that it first began 20 months into his treatment for prostate cancer. Even as his condition worsened, the accent remained until his death months later. Um, and
5: they, they, and they don't know why
4: foreign accent syndrome. It has something to do with the brain and parts of cancer treatment that expose connecting neurons. That's as deep as I can read into it. In 2006, a UK woman suffered a stroke and discovered that her Gordy accent in the UK had been replaced by a Jamaican sounding (gasps) voice. One of the first reported cases was in 1941, when a young Norwegian woman developed a German accent after being hit by bomb shrapnel during the Second World War air raid. She was shunned by her town, who thought that she was a Nazi spy. What? Foreign accent syndrome. I've
5: never heard of it.
4: Neither have I. Can you imagine? That
5: is... That's incredible.
4: Being afflicted by that. Yeah. Foreign accent syndrome.
5: I am um, Well, I'm very sorry to hear that that man uh has passed away. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by the con- by the concept of it. They said he had several f- like friends mm-hmm. who were
4: Irish. But he was in his 50s when he passed and this he went and visited or lived there briefly in his early 20s. In
5: England, but not in Ireland. Right.
4: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I think if I was going to have any accent, that's the accent that I'd like to have.
5: Really, you'd pick the? Oh no, I wouldn't. What would you pick? I mean, it's not that I dislike it. It's a lovely accent. I find it very. It's so dip- warm. I find it difficult to understand, which that's, is fine. I, it's very nice. It's Very inviting to me. I uh, have already, you know, asked uh, the Lord in my uh, in my perfected body, yes, if I could have a British accent.
4: British, mm-hmm. uh, high British.
5: Uh, I would like it to be like Justin Terry, the former president of mm-hmm. the Trinity School for Ministry.
4: Not like royalty though
5: uh no i would I would like whatever Justin Terry has that's what I would like.
4: <laughs> that was a very fine
5: accent it was a it's a very, very nice accent. I remember him fondly mm-hmm. and his accent, uh so you'd go irish um lexi I, I have a feeling you'll have uh distinct opinions on this. if you could choose your accent, what would you choose?
6: It would be a new zealand accent uh, i knew I knew you would know. <laughs> Right off the I bat, I knew
5: she's already thought about
6: mm-hmm. this deeply. I have.
4: Why would Why would that be?
6: I just think it's a really beautiful accent, and mm-hmm. I studied it quite a lot in college. Actually, when I was taking, I took a class um, to study um, basically where you can place your tongue in your mouth to like do accents. Essentially, sure, sure. I can't yeah. remember what it is called exactly, um, but the New Zealand accent is really fun to do. Excellent, and I think it's very beautiful. Listen,
4: uh, you need to talk to our production guy, mm-hmm. Darren is a master yes, of dialects and accents.
6: And so I can't like, do a single blessed yeah, one. Yeah. Oh my goodness, really? Nothing.
4: I'll teach you. Okay, oh, I don't figure. think,
5: I don't know if I'm teachable. I mean, well, I want to be.
4: I think it's a gift a lot of times. Yeah. Don't you? Yes.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes.
4: Very much so. I mean, Darren, he can do anything from a yinzer, right? Darren's
5: yinzer is outstanding.
4: Oh, Yeah. To a, a New Zealand, an mm-hmm. Aussie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would
5: you like to go to New Zealand? Of course. would be kind of cool? I will say, though, it is very, very far away. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It takes a long, long time. To How about ahead. that
4: report the other day that there was a flight from LAX that they went, they <laughs> were flying to, was it Australia?
5: I think it was Australia and they or were, Japan?
4: They, no, they were, it was either Australia or New Zealand. Okay. They were in the air for eight hours, flying for eight hours. Something happened on board, so they turned around and came back. Mm-hmm. So that means they were in the air for 16 consecutive <laughs> hours and went nowhere. <laughs>
6: That's so depressing. Is that
4: horrible? Can you imagine getting off the plane? That's
6: so
5: depressing.
4: You'd be talking more in an accent than a an Irish. Listen, when you when
5: you get off a long flight like that, the only thing to console you is that you're there. You're there. You think, Wow, okay, so I am in Japan. That's really but if you were
4: back in Los Angeles.
5: Oh, my what goodness. The All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Fat Tuesday and Lent. How did Lent develop? What's its purpose? Uh, Father Tom Soroka from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church is going to join us next. So stay close. It's the Tuesday edition
8: of The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD.
0: Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure.
1: Yay! Adventures in
12: Odyssey. It's not just a kids show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy.
2: Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on
1: 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. That's 724-NEW-ROOF. Want the
7: right call? Doing
13: it financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000.
1: Rhema Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rema is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year And opening soon for the 2023 24 school year. Visit rhemachristianschool.org.
7: Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 major league baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Knotek and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
1: Roofing, siding, or remodeling. Want it done right? Call doing it right. 724 New Roof.
4: At the top of the show, we were talking about um, Shrove Tuesday or Fat Tuesday.
5: Or Pancake Tuesday. Which Pancake said, Tuesday. I didn't. I thought that was just a thing your son made up. I didn't know that was a thing that people did.
4: He's ahead of the curve in his um, cultural theology. Father Tom Sirocco is back with us. Tom's been a guest of our show over the many years. He is the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Hey, Tommy. How you doing? Good to see you. Oh, you're on mute. Try that again there. One, two, three. No, no. Mm. What do you think? What do we got here? We got a uh, little mute problem. One, two, three, four.
5: No, no. The good thing is that we see Tom. I
4: see you, but I can't but hear you. the sad you. thing
5: is that we can't hear you. Can you hear me? No. no. I can't
4: hear you.
14: All right. Well, some microphone wasn't working. Sorry about that. Hey, that's good. That's good. So
4: maybe you're just fasting from your microphone. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure
14: many people would like me to do
5: that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Lent, which begins tomorrow. Um, origins. I, 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 I have to be honest. I don't know how it began
14: yeah so originally, um, and I just sort of one to clarify, as an Orthodox Christian, our Lent begins this year next Monday, so okay. ours always begins on a Monday, um, and in the Western Church, it always begins on Ash Wednesday. so this year, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday for Western Christians, and then Orthodox Christians is next Monday. so um, <clears throat> how did Lent begin? Well, Lent was the time of preparation for those who were going to be entering into the church as Christians through baptism. And so there was a period of six or seven or eight weeks, depending on how you calculate things. And this was a period of learning and growth uh, where they had been studying for three years to become a Christian. And there were many things that you had to do in order to uh, become a Christian, including you actually needed a a kind of recommendation from those who knew you that you were an upright person, that you uh, sincerely wanted to uh, be united to Christ. And there was three years of learning, of didactic learning, and then the, the very final part of the preparation where you would be initiated and come into the church through the sacraments of baptism and confirmation or chrismation, and the Eucharist uh, usually culminated in uh, on the day of Easter, either like the evening uh, before Easter or on Easter Day. And so Lent Uh, was traditionally a time of learning for those who were entering the church. However, what the church did is it expanded that time to say everybody needs to learn. Everybody needs to recommit to their faith. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was this became a time of uh, renewal for those who were entering, uh, not only entering the church, but had been in the church. So it's interesting, we're hearing a lot about uh, the revival happening in Kentucky, and that's big news. Uh, The church actually has a kind of built-in revival every year, uh, if not every Sunday. But this yearly renewal of our understanding of who we are as Christians uh, really culminates during the time of Lent and then finally leads to Easter, what we call an orthodoxy uh, the Holy Pascha or Passover.
4: Interesting, I, I did not know that, I Tom. So the idea was instituted by the Church, sort of as an entrance exam, the final exam before you are admitted into the Christian Church. But now we've taken it and uh, expanded it more. I guess I would say as an entrance into Christ Resurrected.
14: In indeed, and of course, the resurrection being the very foundation and center of our faith, the resurrection of Christ. And so what's very interesting, uh, regardless of what ancient tradition you might come from, east or west, the days and the readings and the themes that we see uh, during the Lenten season are all very much about refocusing our life in Christ. Uh, Really starting from the very beginning, as Orthodox Christians, uh, next week, beginning on next Sunday— Uh, we will have what is called Forgiveness Sunday. So it's a little bit different than what we hear about in the West, uh, what is called Ash Wednesday, where you remember your mortality. In Orthodoxy, we remember that we begin the uh, season of Great Lent by asking forgiveness of one another. And so there are hymns that are uh, sung, there are readings that are read, and then the church Uh, becomes a little bit darkened uh, in terms of light. The the colors become uh, purple uh, with the vestments and everything. And we bow, literally bow down to each other, and we say the words, uh, forgive me, a sinner. And the person can respond something like, uh, God forgives, forgive me, a sinner. And then we begin that uh, Lenten journey of uh, 40 days, and in Orthodoxy, we number uh, the 40 days after that first day, uh, all the way up until uh, the day before Palm Sunday, which is called Lazarus Saturday. So we begin with forgiveness, um, and then every Sunday has a particular theme uh, where we are approaching the resurrection of Christ, and they much of it has to do with repentance It has to do with us thinking about what is our relationship to God. Have we uh, lived up to the standards of being a Christian, of living a Christian life, of remembering who we are in Christ, so that when it comes to the time of the Holy Pascha, of Holy Easter, we uh, hopefully feel somewhat centered and purified, uh, and we are able to understand more fully and enter into the joy of the feast more fully uh, as as maybe uh, renewed Christians. Hmm.
5: That's really helpful. That's Father Tom Soroka with us from Saint Nicholas Orthodox Church in the McKees Rocks area of Pittsburgh. Um, Tom, I, I'm going to ask you a personal question, uh, sure. and I know it's hard because you know being a pastor. Um, you lent is your job (laughs) and i don't mean that in it's just a reality right it's It's part of the church calendar um so how how do you keep your own spiritual center is um is lent something you celebrate kind of after lent is over like you personally or how, how how does that work for you
14: well i thank you for that question i think it's a wonderful question and um i would say and i mean this very sincerely that the church provides for all of us, including those of us that are clergy, the opportunity to kind of enter into the depths of Lent. So even though, like for instance, on Monday night of, uh, of the first day of Lent, we'll be reading what's called the Canon of St. Andrew. And by the way, you've had many times uh, on your show, for drinka Matthews Green, she wrote a beautiful book, on the canon of St. Andrew, and I would suggest that, you know, next week would be a perfect time to talk to her about that. It's all about the poetry and and the the pathos of that particular uh, um, work. And I'm reading it to everyone, and we're singing these hymns, but I'm not just reading it to everyone. I'm reading it for myself, uh, first of all, and maybe even primarily. I'm trying to apply that to myself. So I would say, as far as Lent goes, it's not that I would um, somehow have not the opportunity to enter into Lent until after Lent is over, but I am doing, along with everyone else, the prayer, the fasting, the almsgiving, um, because this is my Lent too, and this is my Paschal journey also so i have to renew my life in christ and and understand and and uh experience the depths of the the wisdom of the scriptures the wisdom of god himself who is pouring himself out to us and asking us to participate in him mm-hmm. so just because i'm wearing vestments doesn't mean that i'm um Uh, excused from actually listening and learning and understanding and being moved. I still have to confess my sins. I still have to be accountable to someone. And I, you know, have to do that just like everybody else does. So it's my Lenten journey too.
4: Tom Sarok is with us from Saint Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks neighborhood. So, uh, Tom, uh, can you, before you leave us, our time is winding down here. Tomorrow, in many faith Christian traditions, they will uh, they will acknowledge. Ash Wednesday. Now, of course, people will go, some people will go to church and have ashes on their forehead. Uh, can you speak about that? Um, I, I see that. I know some people, you know, are engaged with that. Other Christians go, that's not part of me at all. Um, talk sure. about that from your perspective.
14: You know, that that is a particularly Western practice, and it's a very uh, meaningful practice. So, What will happen is in many uh, Western churches, Catholic, Anglican, and some Protestant churches, they will take the palms from the previous Palm Sunday, they will burn them, and then um, with those ashes, they'll trace a cross on the forehead, and they will tell you the words uh, from Genesis, uh, you are dust, and to dust you will return. In other words, Look, you're you're mortal. Uh, you're not God. <laughs> you will be accountable for your actions. So it requires humility. It requires a, a perspective where you have to understand who you really are and to sort of like face the reality of uh, your mortality and of your life. Mm-hmm. It's very humbling when you work with people that are sick, that are dying. It's extremely humbling to say, hey, I'm not going to live forever. And maybe I need to get serious about my faith. So it's a very, very um moving experience for those that do it. I would say, John, on the other hand, those that don't do that, you know, there is even in some like evangelical church that they'll do things like 40 days to a, a closer walk with Christ. Sure. Well, that's Lent, <laughs> you know. I, whatever whatever label you put on it um you need to take time to renew your life in Christ uh to draw closer to Christ and lent is the time that we do that so that we truly can uh, at the end of that period uh feel that we have grown that we have learned something about ourselves uh, that through fasting th- those those three important things, right uh fasting, almsgiving, uh where we're we're helping the poor um, and prayer that we are refocusing our spiritual life to make sure that we are not uh, fooling ourselves and saying that we're calling ourselves a Christian, but we're not really acting like Christians. Mm-hmm.
4: Surrendering to um, ourselves, right? And uh, giving our best to Christ. A renewal of our faith. Uh, of course, it can happen anytime, but during the church calendar, it starts tomorrow in earnest with Ash Wednesday and throughout these next six weeks until Easter Sundays upon us. Father Tom, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you with us.
14: Thanks, guys. Have a blessed, Lenten season.
4: And you as well. Tom Soroka, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church.
7: What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28. Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or you can do it safe and secure online by clicking on the preborn banner at wordfm.com.
2: This spring, join Danny Gokey, Jordan Feliz, and Blanca on the Jesus People Tour, heading to your city. Join Danny, Jordan, and Blanca in Moon Township, Pennsylvania at Impact Christian Church on Thursday, March 23rd. That's Moon Township, Pennsylvania on March 23rd. The Jesus People Tour, live in your city. More information at TransparentProductions.com.
1: Rhema Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rema is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. In 1966, Time Magazine asked, "Is God dead?" Now, best-selling
7: author Eric Metaxas takes that famous question and turns it around when he asks, "Is atheism dead?" In his bestseller titled "Is Atheism Dead?", Metaxas offers a provocative answer as he shows atheism to be not only implausible and intellectually sloppy, but also demonstrably ridiculous. Get your copy of "Is Atheism Dead?" available now at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold.
0: You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
5: For people like me who've never been to Italy, the whole place looks terrific. (laughs) Just does. Everything about it. Everything from the Spanish Steps to the Colosseum to the Trevi Fountain to, I mean, I I can't think of something, to Tuscany.
4: they are paying people to come and live there, you
5: know. To the Dolomite regions. I mean, there's like, I I can't get over how fabulous it all looks
4: you could go live in a small italian village could i yeah they they pay you to come there and give you a house
5: the, the uh first of all my family might have something to, something to say about it plus the powers that be here at the station might not mm, want me to go there
4: probably slow internet <laughs>
5: it might it might um hasten the end of my career yeah. uh venice maybe being at the top of the list just in the exotic nature of it you know it's built on a whole bunch of islands You've got the canals, the gondolas, the whole thing. It just makes me want to go there.
4: I'd like to go, but the, the crowds would be... Me too. A, I I agree. A detriment.
5: I agree. But spending a day, a couple days, mm, I'd be good with it. Wandering around, sure. Which is why I noticed this article in ABC News today saying that some of Venice's smaller canals have practically dried up. Now, well, I, I, I thought that Venice was sinking. That's what I, we've been told forever, of, right? Right, right. Okay. So uh, apparently there's been a prolonged spell of low tides, which are frustrating boat crews and tourists are kind of freaking out about it. Um, so it's a prolonged stretch of ebb tides linked to a lingering high pressure weather system over much of Italy. But here's the problem. The canals are like the streets of Venice, mm-hmm. right? And so the, the, what's been happening in the last week or so um, is that ambulance boats have had to tie they can't get to their destination because really? it's you know there it's a boat there are boats and there's no water there um they've had to hand carry stretchers over long distances uh for tourists it's meant that gondolas couldn't navigate some of the secondary water rays that mm. go under the picturesque Bridge of bridges size. and so all of the gondola uh do you call them captains would you call them? Mm, that's a good question. I'm not sure what Th- there exact... is a name Gondolier for that. maybe is what you'd call oh, no, them. I think so. That's a... Anyway, the gondoliers are having the to find gondoliers. different paths, oh, you know, so you. To, <laughs> to get around. Now, me the main me. wider waterways, including the Grand Canal, they are okay uh, for now. But but there's been little alpine snow this year, and so there's been little alpine snow melt.
4: Mm, of course,
5: this year, so that really changes things. Um, however. Because I was, you know, reading about this and wondering about the sinking of Venice, I looked up some information on that. And this is the latest that I found. Um, so, Venice has 177 canals and 391 bridges, mm. and it is sinking. Okay. Um, it could disappear between the waves by as early as 2100. Mm. Okay. It's, so, it's by several millimeters a year, it's sinking. Now, this is what jumped out at me is I visited Indonesia a couple of years ago right before COVID and Jakarta is the main city there it's an absolutely gigantic city it's also sinking such that the government of Indonesia decided they are moving the capital to a whole other island what because it's going to sink and then they're not going to have a capital anymore <laughs> so they're not looking at that as something that might happen they're looking at it as something that's definitely going to happen and so there you go hmm. I'm sinking. I'm, I'm sinking. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that crazy to imagine that? Have you been to Venice? No. Would you like to go?
4: Very much so. Without the tourists. Well,
5: you can't I'll, do I that. Which I would be one of. You can't do that.
4: Right. Unless you went. During the pandemic would have been a great time to go. Right? No one, no one would have been there.
5: Yeah, except that we could not get there.
4: That was always a problem. <laughs>
8: Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, in and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Discount code ERIC.
3: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden declared unwavering support for Ukraine. During a speech in neighboring Poland, White House correspondent Greg Clungston. Speaking to an outdoor crowd of thousands in Warsaw, the president said the world was bracing for the fall of Ukraine's capital city, Kiev, a year ago.
0: Well, I just come from a visit to Kyiv, and I can report Kyiv stands strong.
3: And he delivered this message to Russia's Vladimir Putin.
0: Our support for Ukraine will not waver. NATO will not be divided, and we will not tire.
3: The president visited Ukraine and Poland this week to rally Western allies ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion. Greg Clugston. Washington. A trial of a four-day work week in Britain has found that an overwhelming majority of the 61 companies that participated will keep going with the shorter hours, and that most employees were less stressed and had better
15: work-life balance.
3: This is SRN News.
15: Annuity guarantees rely on the financial strength of the issuing insurer. If you're over 50 and thinking about retirement, it's vital that you have a protected income flow you can rely on. Not so easy these days. That's why you need the book that could help protect your retirement future. The book, Guarantee Your Retirement from financial leader JDM Financial, takes all the mystery out of ways an annuity strategy can help safeguard your retirement with their step by step method for boosting your retirement income as much as 40%. And today, the book is yours free. Ready to help recession proof your retirement? This free book can be a roadmap to helping you avoid the uncertainties of the economy that could make your Retirement dreams fade. Don't risk losing some of what you've worked a lifetime for. For your free copy of Guarantee Your Retirement from JDM Financial, call now. Call 800 337 8051. That's 800 337 8051. 800 337 8051. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm.
7: This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client... I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing.
2: Call for your free information kit, 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252, 800-626-5252.
16: I truly have never worked in a place that I've loved so much.
1: Cara Bell, principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon.
16: The feeling is so warm and open when you walk in. They're very passionate about teaching, passionate about the school, and they love the children. Everybody's willing to step up and help one another. There's just so much love there and compassion for each other. And it's just a nice, warm place to be.
1: Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K through 8th grade. Now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your
2: local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA. Go with Bachman's, go with solar, and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman'sRoofing.com. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight
12: with a low of 29. Rain at times tomorrow, high 56. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, breezy and mild, couple of showers, low 52, temperatures rising through the 50s overnight. Couple of showers Thursday morning, otherwise mostly cloudy, increasingly windy with temperatures breaking the record from 1922. We'll see a high Thursday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts,
4: John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's the Fat Tuesday edition of The Ride Home, and I'm not talking about your host. Although, (laughs) claim it as I can, right? Sure, I mean... Yeah, Fat Tuesday. Do you have any connection at all to this day? No. A celebration? uh,
5: I went to New Orleans for my honeymoon.
4: Oh, okay.
5: But it was not during Lent, or Fat Tuesday.
4: You went to New Orleans for your honeymoon because of the music, right? Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, right now in New Orleans, they are partying hardy. Are they not?
5: Listen, when we were there, everybody basically said we leave because it's Marty a Brown. debacle. Yes, I'm sure. Because we don't. That'd be a hard
4: city to live in, wouldn't
5: it? Wouldn't it? It's a hard city to visit too. I mean, you have to. you it's have, low on my list. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be ready to deal with a lot of the dirt and grime. And bins drinking. To get to the beautiful parts. And there are really oh, I'm sure there are. beautiful parts. It's such an old city. It's the closest, I think, it's the closest you can feel to being in Europe. Really? In America. It's in my experience. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just... It, in, in a lot of ways, it's wonderful, but on a day like today, absolutely never in a jillion years would I be there. What do, you, what, do you have any connection?
4: Uh, to a, Fat a Tuesday, a minor one. When um, remember when Katrina hit mm-hmm. and you know flooded the entirety of New Orleans, and so a lot of people left the city, and you know there were there were refugees for lack of a better word. Uh-huh. Um, our neighbor at the time uh, was a pastor who was called to another church, and so his house was empty. So he gave his house mm. as a refugee sort of stronghold mm. and a wonderful family moved in and lived there for about a year. Mm. And uh, on Mardi Gras one year they showed up with a uh the, the, king, the cake, king cake which I knew nothing of. Oh yeah. And we ate that little thing up. Well, it wasn't a little thing. Just we sweet ate little that thing, up. Right? And found a little baby in it. Mhm. And so I think that's my only true connection to Mardi Gras. Well,
5: what about you grew up Catholic though? Was there a, was there a a thing about Fat Tuesday or
4: Well, we always had pancakes for dinner. Okay. Pan, bacon and pancakes for dinner. Okay. Right. So today is, you know, pancake Tuesday or Fat Tuesday. That would make Tuesday. you fat. Right, it would. Yeah, as I was leaving today, it's kind of funny. I was leaving the house today and, you know, my boy said, "Aren't you sticking around for pancakes?" and I was like So he was making pancakes. So he today. knew.
5: He did. Know. So you, did you raise your kids that way? Like they knew that it was. No, no,
4: mm-hmm. no.
5: It's hard to believe that our kids would learn something from people other than us. <laughs> Stop that. You guys that's really crazy. But I
4: just think he likes pancakes.
5: Okay. Sure. And, so know, do I. I, I, haven't have had a pancake. Pan- I haven't had a pancake in a long time, but you know what I had hmm. uh, in Nashville? I had crepes. Uh-ho, now wait, say no more. The crepe was filled with scrambled eggs and bacon.
4: Yeah, that's excellent. Bring the crepe is not that, a pancake.
5: Bring that. Yeah, that yeah. is a hundred percent. What about a Swedish pancake? Is similar to a crepe. It's very, very, thin. very
4: thin. Mm, lovely. Yeah. Do you you
5: enjoyed that? Oh, sure, happy. When, when I order that, you've sampled
4: lingon lingonberries. Lingonberries. Yeah, lingonberries. Uh huh. Yeah, pancakes. Okay, pancakes
5: or waffles. Always, always waffles.
4: Me too. Yeah, and they're basically the same thing.
5: They are. They are. But I, it's
4: the same batter, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I I refuse to have a waffle iron in my house.
4: We have one, but we rarely use it.
5: Well, that's very good. The reason I don't have it is I'm afraid I'd be using it all the time. Wait,
4: I was in Oakland on Sunday, and we were coming around. We were down on Forbes Avenue. There's a place in Oakland called Smashed Waffles. And my wife and I were like, we were going, oh, Smashed Waffles. The place was packed. Like, there was a line for Smashed Waffles.
5: What is that all about? I don't know what that means. I don't know. But I'm going to investigate it. It's
6: quickly as i possibly can do you have can. any any
4: connection to a, a smashed waffle do you know what that is
6: not a clue but i do know about waffles and caffeinated yes and so do i my friend
9: mm-hmm,
6: mm-hmm. do you love waffles and caffeinated i do it's the only time i'll ever eat waffles mm-hmm. Really? and their potatoes are unmatched incredible they're I, so good John, I, took, I took you there
4: yes yeah.
5: Yes, it's a chain. A chain. Okay. There's a, there, But it's a local chain. Yeah, it's regional. Not, right? It's not a... I'm pretty sure it's a local chain. Okay. Yeah, I think there are six different locations. Really? My favorite is the savory waffle, mm-hmm. which uh, has waffle. onion, potato, bacon, green onion. Chives. Chives, that's right, on mm-hmm. top. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh my gosh, it's so good.
4: Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, so uh, let me bring this up. And I'm going to see what you think of it. (laughs) Here we go. Is the revelry of Fat Tuesday an appropriate tack for the Christian believer?
4: I I mean, I get it, right? You're kind of like blowing it out until you surrender. Is it appropriate? I would say user results may vary, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if, if that's what you're into. To me, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way tonight and like gorge myself. To you know, <laughs> so then I can atone for that that gorging tomorrow. Is it appropriate? Not particularly. No. No. Do you think it is?
5: It always seemed weird to me, like like a day of revelry before a day of fasting. It's not a
4: day; a season.
5: Right, well, season. season. Okay, but, but just if you're comparing Tuesday and Wednesday.
4: Right. Well. Like,
5: you're, you're blowing it out, and then it's hard. There's st- a gate It's up. a hard stop. Right. And first of all, that doesn't seem to be, like, norm- good, healthy human behavior. No. I mean,
4: I knew guys, you know, who were, like, you know, who were drunks, and they would go, I'm going to get super drunk, and then I'm going to become sober tomorrow. That was like, And how'd know, that go with a lot of people? Not, not a lot of good things, but people would do that. Right. I'm going to go on a bender, and then I'm going to stop. It doesn't make any sense to no. me. But it's kind of like, you know, kissing it goodbye, if if that wasn't
5: I mean, the truth. Okay, so seasons of feast and seasons of fasting, yeah. I and mean, that's a biblical concept. Sure, we yeah, see that all through, right? So it's not like you can never celebrate. We should celebrate. There yeah. was a season. Easter tide is actually a longer season in the church calendar than Lent. Okay, so the church is emphasizing the need for celebration. But it just... Well, I, I don't...
4: don't Right now, what's going on in in New Orleans no, or wherever? I don't think probably it's not, not really a Christian celebration.
3: <laughs> you I don't mean, think?
4: No, right? I don't think there may to be, you know, one more margarita and then I'm good to go. I mean, you know, I don't think so. I just think it's it's become secularized. That's all. Like right. everything and has I, become.
5: And I just think maybe it's a little bit of a poverty of understanding of what. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, it's okay, a
4: gentle way but, of putting it.
5: Well, uh, just of what feasting and fasting is supposed to be. Yeah. Right, it's. I, I don't think it's supposed to be quite as cataclysmic as all or nothing uh, as people are mm, yeah. perhaps making it out to be today.
4: But whatever. But I if mean, you want
5: to go out and celebrate Fat Tuesday, if you want to eat your pancakes, like knock it out. Yeah. I'm not saying that any of that's wrong. I mean, I was it's looking, just kind of a thing I've been pondering today.
4: Yeah, well, there's you know there are local Mardi Gras celebrations. You're in Pittsburgh. Sure. And if you Google in, you come up with any number of, you know, bars and or restaurants who are mm-hmm. also celebrating that. So I don't know.
5: Are you going to celebrate anything tonight? No. No. No.
4: no. no. Well, stop on the way home and, and get a Snickers And have you bar.
5: decided, are you giving up anything no, for Lent
4: or, no, taking, something or no. okay. no. uh, taking something on or anything? Okay. No. Taking something on?
2: Yes. Oh. Yeah. But we'll oh. talk about that later. <laughs> W-O-R-D.
17: Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training, you just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group, Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer.
16: Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries.
0: My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What
7: if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need?
16: The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878.
5: Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove is with us, writer and preacher. He serves as assistant director for partnerships and fellowships at Yale University Center for Public Theology and Public Policy. We're talking about um, a book he has out called The Rule of St. Benedict, a contemporary paraphrase where Jonathan writes the introduction. Jonathan, we're happy to have you. Welcome to the
18: show. Well, thanks. It's good to be with you.
4: Our pleasure, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, um, I've been thinking about St. Benedict and the rule of St. Benedict. So I guess I need for you to go back to square one with our audience and for all of us and talk about who St. Benedict was and what essentially this rule is all about.
18: Yeah. So in the fourth century, when the Roman Empire was uh, falling apart, a guy named Benedict who'd grown up in uh, the Italian town of Norcia. his dad was the mayor. He sent him to university in Rome and wanted him to become a successful person like him and, you know, uh, uh, rule in the society. And uh, Benedict realized that the uh, the world that he was learning how to to run was falling apart. And so he dropped out of school and went into the mountains and lived in a cave. And he, um, he read the Psalms, and he read the Desert Mothers and Fathers. And um, people started coming and seeking uh, advice from him. And so a community grew up around him, and eventually he wrote a rule of life for that community, how a group of people could live together according to the gospel. And that little document called the Rule of Benedict um, has shaped much of um, Western civilization since then, and some people say it sort of has the, the seedbed of democracy in it. Hmm. So that's a little bit of who he is and how he's influenced uh, all of our lives, really.
4: So being so disconnected or maybe upset or somehow wanting to flee the modern world and going to live in a cave. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of think that in some way, but Benedict did it and made it work.
18: Yeah, you know, I had a chance to visit Norsha once, and I was sitting with the abbot of the Benedictine monastery there, and I said that, does anybody around here have any idea of why he might have had the notion to do that? And uh, he said, well, actually, when he was growing up here, there were uh, monastics from Syria, people who had been driven out of Syria because they had been called heretics by the church leaders there, and they had... uh, they had lived in caves outside of Nortia. so apparently he had met of uh, these sort of holy fools in the hills and had conversations with them growing up. And I think he had this this notion that um, that there was another way, and he had to he had to go out and find it for himself.
4: Uh, Jonathan, in, in the introduction to the Rule of Saint Benedict, your contemporary paraphrase, you write this: uh, "As an American evangelical who was raised with the Bible." I immediately recognized in Benedict someone who took Scripture every bit as seriously as the people who raised me. Not only does he believe every word of it to be true, but he clearly thinks every word of it has something to say about how we should live. Uh, I mean, it's fascinating to think someone, you know, in the fourth or fifth century, you know, uh, has influenced so many people, including yourself, because you yourself have built a monastic community.
18: Yeah, I mean, I I got to Benedict through the Bible. I didn't know much about him, but uh, I was raised by folks who took the Bible seriously and and kind of, uh, when I went to college, faced a similar kind of crisis. Um, I mean, I, I knew what church looked like in the way that I had grown up with it, but I wasn't sure how to be Christian all the other days of the week. You know, what does it mean to really live this way that Jesus invites us to live? And um, some friends of ours. Uh, we were experimenting with you know wh- what could it mean to share life together, to share meals during the week, to share our economic resources, to welcome people into our homes, uh, practice hospitality in that way. And uh, we were trying to figure this out, didn't really know what we were doing. And we heard from some Benedictines. Uh, they wrote to us and said, we're excited that some young people are interested in Christian community. They said, um, we don't have a lot of young people joining the monastery these days, but um, we have been living in community together uh, for a long time, and if you ever run into any questions, we'd be glad to talk. We've been at this 1,500 years. So um, so it was a nice uh, extension of friendship, and uh, that's really how I got to know the rule of Benedict through Benedictines who had been practicing this as a way of life.
4: I love this, and I think about this often because— uh, one of my sons who is, uh, 22 and he's a senior in college. Now, of course, the pandemic changed everything. So, uh, he, he sort of was like straddling between high school friends and then entering into college where everyone was, you know, sort of zooming. And now he's a senior and he, and, and, and so successfully he built this community of really good friends in his college, you know, those couple of years that he had college. But I talked to him the other day and he said, I'm I'm really sort of in turmoil because all these friends that I've had for the last couple of years that I now love are going to go away. I've lost my community. Mm. And and I think about us. I mean, you know, us, uh, Christians, the world, I mean, all of us. We think that we have community, but our community is so thin and so superficial. So when, when I think about Benedict and of you and the intentionality of other people like the Bruderhof or whomever, people living in community, that's a very powerful thing in the 21st century.
18: Well, and lots of people are hungry for community. So I think it's a real uh, opportunity to see where the spirit is stirring. Uh, people who are building community around, uh, you know, all, all kinds of things, around shared interests, around concern for, uh, you know, justice issues in their communities, um, or, around concern for the land. You know, there, a, lot, a lot of young people realize that we have uh, a way of life that kind of distanced us from the land, but climate change and all sorts of other things have you know, brought our attention to the fact that our connection to the earth really matters. So in uh, all these places where people are, building community and trying to connect with their neighbors, uh, I think it's an opportunity for those of us who, you know, live with our imagination saturated in the scriptures and, and who have, you know, discipled ourselves to Jesus and to Jesus' way to think about, you know, how how is the Spirit bringing us together? It reminds me of one of the Desert Fathers, Dorotheus of Gaza. He said, um, he said, all of life is really a circle. And uh, any of us are, out on the edges of the circle. Um, but if you move from the edges of a circle towards God at the center, you, you, can't, uh, you can't help but move closer to other people who are moving towards mm-hmm. God. And I think that basic kind of geometry of life is something that um, a, a lot of us need to rediscover.
5: We're talking with Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, writer and preacher, serves as assistant director for Partnerships and Fellowships at Yale University Center for Public Theology and Public Policy. We're talking about the rule of St. Benedict. Uh, Jonathan, can you tell our listeners what living in community means to you, what practically it means?
18: Well, um, I've I've learned a lot about it in my adult life. Um, This intentional part we initially thought meant that we needed to you know sh- share life together uh with other people who were intentional about sharing life and so that you know gave us rhythms of shared meals and and um shared prayer together shared meetings where we talked about you know how to how to do chore rotations and meal rotations and these kind of things and that part of community has been important but i i think over the years we've also learned that if we're practicing um the, the way of Jesus and we're open to the way all the ways that Jesus shows up in a in a neighborhood and in the world, then really, you know, we're, we're invited to build community with whoever shows up. And so uh, our neighbors and what's happening in our neighborhood has become more and more important uh, guests who stayed with us, who've taught us about, you know, issues around immigration and issues with health care. We live in a city that has a huge hospital and lots of people who need a place to stay or people who've, you know, had all their money taken by uh, some medical emergency and and, and now they're trying to figure out life. So in every relationship, there's kind of an invitation to uh, be part of a broader community. And I think that's been a big part of my journey in my adult life.
4: So, the rule of St. Benedict, it's not like something you would hang on your refrigerator and go, this is rule number six, and we must adhere to this rule, right? Um, Benedict essentially wrote, would you call it uh, a, a long essay? Or how, how do you look at it, Jonathan?
18: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Benedict is quite specific about some things. But if you get to know Benedictines, um they have uh, interpreted the rule in uh, many ways. I think rather than the way we think about a list of rules today uh, benedict 's notion of of a rule a regular is um, kind of a a, a road map, an outline for how you can live your life hmm. and the basics for him are if you 're going to live together uh, the way that Jesus invites us to live, um, you, you have to have a rhythm of um, listening to other people. Of uh, paying attention to the place where you are, and paying paying attention to the uh, commitments that you make, so that those end up being sort of solidified in vows of uh, uh, obedience or listening, uh, stability or, you know, paying attention to your place and the people immediately around you, and um, what he calls in the Latin conversatio morum, which I, you know in in uh, Contemporary speak is sort of what we call conversion, but it's sort of a, a holistic conversion, like a changing your whole life in order to uh, become more and more like Jesus. That's, that's kind of his vision for what the, the, the rule makes possible if you practice it together with other people.
10: Hmm. In
4: your community, do you oftentimes go, this is so messy, it's so complex. Yeah,
18: I'm leaving. I need some <laughs>
4: serenity, I need some solitude.
18: Uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing about community is the other people, and the hardest thing about community is the other people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, sure, uh, I think all of us uh, face the challenge of, you know, personality conflict, the difficulty of, you know, people who push your buttons or who challenge you in ways that you don't particularly want to deal with, uh, you know, before breakfast. Um but that's uh, that's part of the conversion, I think, that we're invited into, that, uh, yeah. that you know, all of those relationships can be an invitation for us to face, ultimately, um, the challenging parts about ourselves and who we are and how we need to be transformed in order to grow up into the fullness of what God needs to be.
5: You can read for yourself. The book is called The Rule of St. Benedict, a Contemporary Paraphrase. Uh, It's put out by Paraclete. We've been talking uh, with Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and he did the introduction. You can also check out the book by him called The Wisdom of Stability, Rooting Faith in a Mobile Culture. A pleasure to talk to you today, Jonathan. Thank you.
18: Thank you all. Take care.
11: for this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300.
10: Word FM listeners, in this year radio commercial, I'm going to show you how the famous quote, two birds, one stone, should actually be four birds, one stone. I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And what we're seeing from families across the country is how One Stone, the cash out refinance, is helping families four different ways. The cost of everything is currently crazy, which is spiking credit card debt, where interest rates are often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates, which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the fact that their home has skyrocketed in value and cashing out that newfound money to pay off the credit card monster, using leftovers on special purchases setting a bit extra aside for future peace of mind. And the fourth positive is cleaning up debt improves your credit score, giving you better future options. If you're curious what a cash out refinance would do for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the lady department of banking and securities. Mortgage lender license 22672.
0: America is giving away its inventions and technology to China. The Chinese Communist Party he intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. The shocking new movie, Innovation Race, exposed the potential Chinese takeover of 5G and the internet threatening America's economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. Watch the movie Innovation Race now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com SalemNow.com.
3: Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now. Deeper faithcruise.com
8: ask alexa to play the word pittsburgh to hear us there we're on your google speaker too plus iHeart tune in and on odyssey 101.5 w o r d f m pittsburgh
12: mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 29 rain at times tomorrow high 56 Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, breezy and mild. couple of showers, low 52. Temperatures rising through the 50s overnight. couple of showers Thursday morning, otherwise mostly cloudy. Increasingly windy with temperatures breaking the record from 1922. We'll see a high Thursday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
5: This makes sense.
4: What does what
5: make sense? A bunt
8: cake.
4: <laughs> well, if you were in a time machine and went back to 1974, mm-hmm. everybody had a bunt cake yes. mold. Yes, right? Yes, and it's easily mockable because
5: it's weird. It's a little you're making like a little cake tube,
4: it's delicious. Mm-hmm. A bun cake done well,
5: mm-hmm. isn't it good? Well, that's what I'm asking you.
4: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay, I'd be happy to have one. Okay. If I went home tonight and there was a bun cake on the table, yeah. on the table, bring it.
5: You'd be good with oh, it. Oh, I would. You be wouldn't sure. say, "Oh my gosh, that is so out Mm-mm. of date." What a ridiculous nope. cake!
4: I'd eat it happily. Would you? Yeah.
5: Okay. Now, there's no frosting on a bun cake. Usually, there's like a kind of glaze or something. Yeah. Is that that to no, you No, not
4: at all. No, <laughs> I'd be happy to have one. Mm-hmm. It's a sentimental um, treat. Sure. A lot of, you know, what you eat, I think, at least for me, is Mm -hmm. sentimental in some way. It's a childhood memory.
5: Yeah. Mm
4: Do you don't think it makes sense?
5: I do think it makes sense. Okay, good. And I kind of was doubting myself on it. You've made me feel better. Okay, good. I I feel like you can display the inside of a cake a little better. If you have fruit in it or whatever, you can see that from the outside. Blueberries. Coconut. Something. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. I like a little bit of it. And I, I was concerned that maybe I was out of no. touch.
4: I mean, you can close your eyes and picture the, the you know, usually they were like gold. Mm-hmm. Golden, right? right? Some people hunt With them like on a little wall.
5: drizzle. Oh, you, you mean the pan? The pan
4: itself. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was like a display feature. Sure. Oh, there's my bun cake pan. <laughs> like it's never far away.
5: And you can use it for, as a jello mold, too. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right. So we both agree. I think the bun we do. Cakes, all right, Good. Does this make sense? 24 7 news, the news channel. It's 3 a.m. And you need to know what's happening in the news. You turn on the cable news. Does that make any sense?
5: I think it's one of the worst evolutionary choices that humans have made.
4: I would say I'm into that. It makes no sense. First of all, most of it's not news. It's always opinion. And nothing can support 24-7 unless it's like, you know, A convenience store. And even that, I think the pandemic has changed 24-7, hasn't it?
5: Yes. Well, there's very few things that are open 24-7. Thank goodness. Very few things that are open 24-7. Those poor people working at 3 a.m. And it would be good if maybe at 10 p.m. the news shut off and they played calming music. All night long. Peaceful revelry.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of music? Or a reverie. What would they play?
5: Uh, They'd play uh, some nice um, Brahms.
4: All night long. Mm Mm-hmm. And then maybe it will tell me to click at 5 a.m. Sure. For the early birds. Sure. Right.
5: But all night long.
4: 20. That doesn't you're
5: basically you're having to come up with stuff to talk about because really, how much is there? Not much.
2: 101.5 W.O.R.D. The word of God. It's bold. It's
3: direct. It cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling
2: word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD.
19: easy monthly payment that way i paid off my debt fast while saving thousands nice trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget so now i'm debt free for keeps wow do you still have their number sure here write this down and call 1-800-936-5496 can you repeat that 1-800-936-5496 that's
11: 1-800-936-5496 my brother-in-law died suddenly
7: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. I'm cold. You know why you're cold? Because we need to replace our windows.
9: It's going to be expensive.
7: Well, We lose money every time the wind blows.
9: I don't want to deal with a high-pressure salesperson.
7: Well, our neighbors used Energy Swing windows and doors, and they love them.
9: Oh, they have over 500 five-star reviews.
7: The energy Swing is a complete lifetime
4: warranty for a peace-of-mind guarantee. So if we replace the windows and doors with them, we'll never have to do it again.
13: I'll make an appointment today at EnergySwingWindows.com.
4: The four-day work week. Your thoughts?
5: I can't think of a thing I don't like about it. Four
4: days. Yeah, that's that's pretty delicious. Okay, so listen to this. A majority of companies in the UK participating in a test of a four-day work week said that they would stick with it after logging sharp drops in worker turnover and absenteeism while largely maintaining productivity during a six-month study. In one of the largest trials of a four-day week to date, 61 British businesses ranging from banks to fast food restaurants to marketing agencies gave their 2,900 workers a paid day off a week to see whether they could get just as much done while working less. Uh, 90% said they would continue testing the shorter week, while 18 planned to make it permanent, according to the report. The idea of working uh, wow. less than...
5: What percent? 18% decided to make it permanent?
4: Uh, let me see. Uh, 90% said oh, 90? they would continue testing the shorter work week, okay. while 18% planned to make it permanent. Okay. So no one's saying, we're done. We're not going to mm-hmm. go back to it. The idea of working, of course, less than the conventional 40-hour week... Has been discussed for decades, right? Right. The concept gained new momentum as the uh, pandemic took hold, and um, uh, here's what's driving it: younger kids. Sure. Right. They have an opportunity. So if you're ret- you're hiring new hires and you would dangle that out, right? Come in right. and come to the office instead of working remotely. Yes. But work four days a week. Yeah. I-, I think you're a leg up on your other employers.
5: I don't think that it should be labeled as working fewer hours, though. Are you I working mean, 10 hours a day. I just think that it would... I mean, if it was me, this is just how I work. Yeah. I would just get more done in the amount of time I had, the amount of time I was working. I would just be more efficient.
4: You would not work 10 hours? You'd you only work 32 hours?
5: But I think I'd be more efficient, maybe in 32 hours. Or I could work 40 hours, but in four days. Mm-hmm. I would rather I'm not so sure about that. I would rather work long days than and have three days off.
11: Yeah. Would would you? Yeah. Would you? I
4: love yeah. when we take a day off and we do like a Friday off or a yeah. Monday off, man, it's like money in the bank. I know. It feels good.
5: You, and of course to do that we always have to work extra on the other days. Right. Does that bother you? No. No, it doesn't bother me either. No.
4: Because you know it's like that—that that third day, like that Friday off or that Monday off, because you've already done your weekend stuff, like your laundry, your shopping, all your yeah. whatever you're doing, and then Sunday, of course, is Sunday. Mm-hmm. But that extra bonus day, man, that's an that's so feels so good.
6: Lexi, how do you feel about a four-day work week? If I could do a four-day work week, I would.
4: Right. Well yeah. you're the woman on the totem pole here, yeah. Lex. So it's not coming anytime soon. <laughs> That's, sad. <laughs>
5: That's sad. If it hasn't come for us, it's probably not coming for you. No, yeah, it's probably not. Probably not. Um, okay. The reason that it's so attractive to me is that I like to work hard for a defined amount of time. Concentrated. I really do. Yeah. Like I, I would be I would like to work in, in film or T te- something that has I'm gonna work really hard for three months. Mm-hmm. It's basically gonna be all I do for three months yeah. or six months or whatever. And then I'm going to have two months, months off. off. Like I would, that would really appeal to me. And I feel like that would be healthy for me. I get into this rabbit or hamster wheel, uh, th- rabbit wheel, hamster wheel yeah, thing. I get it. And I get grind. a grind. It get a, I get a little wonky. Well, yeah, of course. And so I wonder if the four day work week might bring a little bit of that.
4: Okay. So think about, before the five-day work week, right? I mean, it wasn't you know it was less than a hundred years ago or a right. hundred years ago. I mean, the rise of the the mills or manufacturing. Henry Ford was it Henry Ford who was the first to deliver a five-day work week? Hmm, Certainly, I didn't George know that. Westinghouse here locally did that, hailed as a hero by as the opposed labor movement. To, as
5: opposed to sex. six, six
4: mm-hmm. days a week. Imagine six days a week. I work six days a week. You. Oh, you do. Listen. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs>
5: Imagine. I can tell you about it.
6: Lexi, you work six days a week, too. Yes, I do. Right.
9: Do you? All, that's, all of, of I'm a that slacker.
6: That kind of stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I have to get all my stuff done on a Saturday. Yeah. I know. That's a little bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a bummer.
5: Yeah, I've often thought, what am I missing out on by doing the six day instead of the five? An extra day. Yeah. That's what, that is what I'm missing out
4: right. on. Right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But it's working well for us, right, Lex? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: You have no choice but to, you know, to work yeah. it out, right? Yeah.
5: It works okay. I mean, I just, I I really do like the idea of compressing my work. You know how some nurses will work oh, three 12 hour shifts yeah. in a row, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday.
4: It doesn't feel safe to me.
5: Oh, you think it's too much?
4: At some point, I mean, like you hear about doctors in rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Especially. They're working like 70 hours or 80 hours, or endlessly. At some point, you start to make bad decisions.
5: Well, that's true. But the difference in that is if you're working three 12-hour days or mm-hmm. 13-hour days or whatever, then you do have the other days off. The problem with those stories about physicians, especially interns and training programs, is that there's you don't get the time off. No, you're
4: just grinding it you're out. You're just grinding it out for day an entire year. Right.
5: And that is unhealthy. Listen, I knew, I knew several people who when i was working in the um in the academic uh medical field who had mental breakdowns
4: because of that sure cuz how imagine? are you
5: supposed to how do you right, right right and at you know at that time it was also very much looked down upon that they weren't strong enough to mm-hmm. cut it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. You weren't smart enough to cut it. Whew. You weren't organized enough. You Man. didn't have what it takes. And so you have to go find something else to do that's uh, lighter on you. Listen, proof. that was, you can't, for all of the commentary about the fact that doctors make too much, which isn't as prevalent here as is very much prevalent in uh, England, particularly that really? doctors make too much money. You have no, unless you work in a medical school, no, you don't have the faintest idea. You don't have the faintest idea what physicians, I'm not speaking about in Europe, but physicians here in America, what they go through is shocking.
4: I'm sure. Listen, uh, t- twice in the last two years, I've suffered sort of, you know, debilitating things that happen to my body, my shoulder and my in my leg. I mean. God bless those guys. I know, men and women.
5: And you think they learned how to do that in a no. like in a six month program?
4: No, man, they worked hard. All, all that experience. Okay, I read a, a piece today about the new CEO at Starbucks, and he was decrying uh, the, a younger generation and and their trauma, and sort of just <laughs> blaming it in some way on the rise of unionization. Of course, because you've seen. You know, Starbucks is, you see this often, they want to form a union, right? And you would think, well, okay, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, at one point, Pittsburgh was a union hotbed, right, with the steel industry. Now, of course, it, like all things, it, it, it can be too much of a good thing. I mean, the, the demise of the steel industry. In some ways, you could point back to the the strength of the overriding strength of the unions and
5: demands of the unions.
4: Right. Uh, you know, but, but of course, management was complicit in that in their in their lack and their uh, unwillingness to to modernize their facilities. And of course, the Already Japanese care about their employees. Right. And the the Japanese quickly exploited that because there, it was modern and cheaper, and they flooded the market. There's a lot to be said about that. But but it's interesting to think about the rise of the unions. And the push towards equitable working situations, mm-hmm. profit sharing and a four day work week and what they would do that what that would do for people I mean kids who were born you know in 1997 or nineteen or 2002, the unions look very, very attractive to, to these people,
5: sure because they saw their parents
4: grinding it out
5: grinding it out and they said, "I don't want a life like that. I don't want to do that, which is their right because it's their life. Mm-hmm. They can decide how they want to do it. Listen, I, I think that healthy unions are really important. I think that healthy management is important. And I think that the, the give and go between them is an important thing. I really do. I mean, I, Kent McElhattan, who's been a guest on our show, yeah. um, really changed my opinion on that years ago. On because, unions? Yeah, because I grew up, you know, my dad was management.
4: He was anti-union.
5: Right. Wait, no, he wasn't anti-union, but I never... I just didn't have a blue collar environment. I had a white collar environment.
4: Right. Well we grew up pro union. Yeah. My parents were like unions.
5: Sure, because you grew up in a blue-collar environment, right? Yep. So meeting Kent was really good for me in hearing about how important the both were. And then of course, once I grew up and saw what was going on in the workplace and read more about industry in America and the history of labor and all that sort of thing. I mean, are you really going to argue with the fact that management didn't have the best interests of their workers at heart? I mean, look at the, you know, West Virginia (laughs) mine system. Yeah. Uh, Not just West Virginia, but in particular, West Virginia. So anyway. Or
4: just people as tools. Yeah. We use you until you look useless.
5: If I were managing today, it would be very challenging to be working with 25 year olds. Um, But that's what it is. Lex, do you have any feelings about this?
6: Not particularly. Okay. okay. Now look, okay,
4: so Lexi, okay, look, uh, I've worked in television and in film and in theater. Now I've worked in uh, union houses where as a performer, you know, like I, I remember like early on, you, you're on a film set and there's a cable in the way. You, 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 you can't down, move it. You can't, you can't bend down and pick it up. You've got to tell the union steward to get someone to move the cable. Because that's their assigned job. Now things like that get to be ridiculous, but that's how the unions are you know everyone is very specific in their in their protocol mm-hmm. and the flow of work uh, something just you know can go to the extreme
5: Sure. Everything goes to an extreme. Not every manager is a horrible manager, but you do have the the history of the West Virginia Mines. You know, everything can go to an extreme.
4: But there's something to be said about you belong to a union and you have a contract and that contract includes minimum wages. It includes cost of living. It includes raises as you go on. All those things that take care of you, where if you don't have a union, then you've got to fend for yourself and good luck with that.
5: Right. And it's probably not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think the CEO of Starbucks is doing himself any favors by having that conversation publicly. No. Because the people who, who are- work for him, are, are, they're going to read that. Exactly. And they're going to think, well, he's an idiot. And it's just going to make the relation between management and workers- More contentious. More, yeah. Right, and right. Yeah, that's going to hurt him rather than help him.
4: I mean, you do appreciate it. I mean, anybody who's working at a Starbucks or anything that you have to do with Listen, the public-
5: people who are working at a Starbucks in an airport- Oh, my gosh. Seriously, over the week, I thought these poor people, and none of them looked very happy.
4: Well, can you imagine working in an airport, like just working a, a, as a service job? You, you got to drive way out of your way to get to the airport, right? And then you got to get, you know, park somewhere, take a bus in there to the. It takes forever to get to your right, job,
5: right? And then to get to your little kiosk.
4: Uh, so the attitude, yeah, probably not the best I attitude, we'll probably. We didn't mean to go off on a union segment, but we did. Yeah, didn't we, we did.
5: All right. Coming All right. up next, the first generation iPhone still in its box. It's available for you if you want to pay. How much? We'll talk about it next.
3: Late summer this year, you can join Alistair Beg on a fascinating Mediterranean cruise.
7: One of my favorite places to visit is Corfu, Greece, to soak in stunning views of whitewashed churches and thatched roofed windmills in what is essentially a scenic playground. Then the privilege of turning to the Bible to gain new insights from the history of the storied location and to discover again how scripture gains fresh meaning when we're moving in this part of the world. Join Alistair
3: Begg for a -a once-in-a-lifetime Mediterranean cruise. Immerse yourself in the wonder of some of the world's most famous cathedrals, museums, and works of art. We'll be sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest ship, the luxurious Viva. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to join. 855-565-5519. Inspiration Cruises and Tours is a trusted partner of Salem Media Group.
19: It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Spring House in 84.
12: it's a cool story.
13: A uh,
4: first-generation iPhone sold at auction last week for $63,360. That's crazy. More than 100 times its original price. The 2007 phone, which is still sealed in its box, was sold on LCG auctions and was expected to go for about $50,000, but exceeded that estimate by $13,000. The bidding started at 2500 bucks. After 27 bids, the phone sold on Sunday. The original owner of the phone, a woman by the name of Karen Green, had it appraised in 2019 because it was an 8 gig, not a 4 gig, was still in the original box, estimated to be worth about $5,000. Green said she received the iPhone in 2007 as a gift from her friends after landing a new job. But Since she already had gotten a new phone, she decided, I'm not going to open it. I didn't want to get rid of my phone, and I figured, it's an iPhone, so it'll never go out of date. Her friends bought the phone for about $499. Now, Steve Jobs introduced the first phone January the 9th, 2007, at Macworld. It's Mm -hmm. a trade show in San Francisco. It became available for purchase about five months later. It's slick design, and at uh, the time... Quite innovative touchscreen and web browsing capabilities, and a two-megapixel camera made it an inst- instant hit. Now, uh, other phones have sold. Uh, a first-generation iPhone sold in August for thirty-five grand, and then later in October for thirty-nine grand. But apparently, Apple has this very loyal fan base, and um, they're willing to buy up. Last year, an early Apple computer prototype from the nineteen seventies sold for six hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars. I mean, if you're one so,
5: the, so those are people who are museum-minded,
4: or just tech geeks, right? Old yeah. tech geeks. It's owning a piece of history. The weird thing is about this first generation. But you iPhone, have to be
5: incredibly wealthy, yeah, to do that.
4: Well, there, there is a lot of wealth in this world,
5: and there is a lot of wealth in this world, yeah. But I, I just that's. Really, I don't know what to say. That's just such an incredible amount of money for something that doesn't work.
4: So, you pay $63,000 for a phone that probably wouldn't operate well in today's world. Of course not. And it's sealed in a box. So, you're never going to take it out of the box because by doing so, you diminish its value.
5: So, you're not going to use it. That's what I mean. Anything. You have to have a museum mentality. It's going
4: to sit on a shelf somewhere and go, here's my cool iPhone.
5: Which isn't very cool.
4: Uh, for some people, it's don't super cool. I get it. I don't know. Do you
5: collect anything?
4: No. Bills.
5: Lexi do you, Lexi, do you collect anything?
6: No, not really. Mhm. Are Nothing. you tempted to collect
5: anything?
4: Bills. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you? Do you collect anything like something book, like teapots, stuff yeah. like that? No, I,
5: I. I mean, one thing I've oh, I've purchased a lot of over the years is I just buy a lot of. I've purchased a lot of plates over the years because we have a big family at Christmas, and so oh, I, yes, I, so I like. Plates. So I just have a lot of plates. They're mismatched. You know yeah. what I mean? They're all similar color, but they're all right. different. So I do have a lot of plates, but that's not really something not I collect.
4: My kid said to me the other day, "You need a hobby." <laughs> i'm like i do not need a hobby so the last thing i want is i mean he goes no you know here we go guys your age should have a hobby like all of a sudden i become like a woodworker or something right sure uh, do you have a hobby
5: i'd like to see you whittle <laughs>
4: yeah i'd be like three fingers hall
5: mm-hmm. i mean i a hobby? Li- i like to, to take photographs but I'd so li- do you
4: uh yeah I like to read. Right. Is reading a hobby? Yes, reading's a hobby. Oh, then, okay. Lex, don't
5: you think reading's a hobby? No. I would say
4: reading. Yes, yes it is. A hobby. Of
6: course, it is. I mean, that's... Lexi, how many? You have any idea how many pages you read in a week? Um, depending on how many pa- how many days I read in the week, because sometimes I don't. Um, but I read about a hundred pages a night. A night. Yeah. So I would say probably about seven hundred, if. On a on a good week where I read.
4: Okay, let's do a segment soon called Lexi's Bookshelf. I like it. Okay, and uh, there she's holding up a book right now. <laughs> the Rise of Kiyoshi.
6: That's what I'm reading right now. All, All right. right.
4: Lexi's Bookshelf. It's a future feature here on The Ride Home. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, anything you want to check out? Our union talk? Our hobby talk? <laughs> our management talk? Any comments? You know where we are. Have a great night. Say your prayers. Love you guys.